0: I'm Emma G. Rose. I'm shell Shearer. We're indie authors. And this is Indie Book Talk. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Indie Book Talk. Today, we have Amit Verma, who is the author of The Quiver in the Purlie- Purlieu, which I had to look up because I didn't know what that word meant until I saw it on his book cover, but it does in fact mean an area near or surrounding a place. Oh. So be intrigued. Emmett, thank you for coming.
1: Welcome to the show. Thank
2: you, thank you, Emma, and thank you, Shelley. I really appreciate it. Yep. Yeah.
1: What is this book about? Is it nonfiction, fiction? Tell us a little bit of the book itself first. So,
2: so the book is fiction, and, and that's what I dabble with. I don't like reality, <laughs> for that matter. But no, but uh, that's besides the point. Of every fiction is is a is a reflection of reality, and every nonfiction is a reflection of reality too. So, the book specifically. So for, for the book, I need to go back uh, to about 10 or 15 years ago, and which is when I started writing. And my first book came out about 10 years ago, The Lives and the Times, and the second one, The Lives and the Times, too, and the third one, Equiver and the Purlieu. They all essentially treat with a grand theme, which is exploration of the mindset of the middle class, of an emerging middle class, and, and how an individual understands it, perceives it, and influences it. So that's, that's the grand theme. Now, for the first two books, it was based on a, a very specific platform. But in the third book, The Quiver and the Purlieu, I took the platform away. I, I took away national and cultural boundaries. I, I started exploring a person who, who's comfortable in many different places, you know, in, in, in Canada, in India, in New Zealand, in the United States, traveling around Africa, and, and things like that. So, how does that person? how does that person view the world as as it is and how does that person influence the world as it is so, so that's the grand theme that i've been interested in and that's that's what the book is about
0: but it is fiction
2: it is fiction and yes that is true
0: <laughs> <laughs> cuz that felt very philosophical which i'm yes. all for in fiction
2: <laughs> well you know you, you can never take you, you can never take the author away from from any work you cannot take the artist away from a painting you cannot take the actor away from a movie i mean everything is 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 a reflection of the self in one sense or the other so yes but it is it is fiction <laughs> <laughs> i i wouldn't want to be caught any other way <laughs>
0: <laughs> would you class this as fantasy realistic fiction where does it fall in the fiction spectrum
2: well i would say it is more of a literary Fiction and and I would say if you have been a fan of Murakami, mm-hmm. uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, Salman Rushdie, so there's a there's a bit of a magical realism about that, that work and so that's that's what I'm interested in. So that, that magical realism part, I mean, there's the real world and then there's the magic part and they all come together because it gives me more degrees of freedom. It gives every it gives the writers who who indulge in it more degrees of freedom to express okay. what they want to do. It is of course more challenging it's 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 it tests your creativity. <laughs> it gives you a headache sometimes when you're writing and then trying to imagine <laughs> worlds where things are happening, but it is at the same time a lot more exciting it gives you as I said it gives you a lot more freedom to express your ideas and your opinions and explore things that you would not normally be able to do if you treated reality as reality so
1: I understand that you are donating profits from this towards cheetah conservation?
2: Well, I'm donating my earnings. Okay. <laughs> Not the profits. So yes. So, so that's interesting So because I have been a longtime supporter of animal rights in general, right? I mean, in fact, one of my petition on change.org has on treating farm animals right has garnered, I think, more than 2,500 signatures so far already. With Cheetah Conservation Fund, I have been a supporter of that organization for, I think, about 10 years now, more than 10 years. And so about a few months ago, they were trying to raise funds for uh, the local Texas chapter. And I said, you know what, let me do my part. Let me, so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to donate all my earnings for the next few weeks uh, to a couple of months, I think end of July or something, all my royalties that I I receive from the sales of the book, I will donate it to them to help their mission.
1: And this is the Texas chapter or is it the overarching chapter?
2: Well well the overarching chapter. But the Texas chapter was the one that was raising funds. So but I just okay. I said, you know what, I'll I'll do that for, for, for the entire Cheetah Conservation Fund. It's it's a it's a wonderful organization and it has been doing great work and, and many of uh, many people might be aware of Laurie Marker, the the founder of Cheetah Conservation Fund and just a, a force of nature in her own rights (laughs) and she's been she's been part of that that entire cheetah universe for the last 30 years if i'm not mistaken and maybe more
0: okay i have i have a noob question to ask you're talking about cheetah conservation and the texas chapter are there cheetahs in
2: texas (laughs) like where i don't understand (laughs) no there are no, no there are no cheetahs in texas and and i wish there were right i wish i wish there were uh, and you know what that also brings me to a sad part about the cheetahs and and that is i don't know if you remember a few months ago there was this tiger in houston roaming around it was in the news right and for some reason people love to have these exotic animals as pets and one of the greatest threats that that cheetahs face in africa is the illegal pet trade and and those are um, are captured and and sent over to many countries across the world but primarily in the middle east to be kept as pets and and most of them end up dying within a few months to a couple of years because people just don't know how to take care of them but uh, coming back to your question no uh, so the cheetah conservation fund is a global organization right which which has it, it activities in the united states in the in canada across many countries in europe in Australia and Africa of course and so each place has its, has its own chapter so the, the, there's a Texas chapter for the cheetah conservation fund which involves the local population here and, and tries to you know work it get get people in Texas involved so just so so to speak
1: And Texas is one of the places in the US where you can own pretty much most of the exotic animals
2: I think really? so that's yes and yes and that's 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 true
1: <laughs> yeah, many states don't allow it, but Texas is one of the ones that has a pretty open policy on everything. <laughs> 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 that You don't have to be a zoo or a preservation place. You can just, you know, I could walk out and be like, yes, I would like one of these today.
2: <laughs> that is true. That is true. And and there are many, so many of the ranches here have been converted over the years into into. A, a kind of a tourist place touristy, right? And safaris and all those things where so you can drive around, look at some of the wild animals, you know, moving around, emus and ostriches and giraffes and all those things. So it's it it has its downsides but it also has its plus sides and and, and that's and the plus side here is 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 this. You cannot help something if you don't know if it if you don't know it exists. Right. So, and that's why I'm also a big supporter of zoos, in spite of the fact that they sometimes mistreat animals, which they shouldn't. You know, they are, we now know a lot more about zoos than we did 50 years ago. But if you don't know about those animals and the fact that they exist, if you don't know about cheetahs and the fact that the cheetahs exist,
0: and not living in Texas, <laughs>
2: and not living in Texas, that's true. So you wouldn't. Yes, yes. So you wouldn't. You wouldn't be concerned about. Conserving them and preserving them, right? And and so that's that's really important.
0: So, do you you're you're using this book as an opportunity to raise money to give to this charity? Does the book itself tackle any of these issues, or is it just an idea that you feel strongly about? So you wanted to give as the author.
2: That's a good question. So so this book, the third book, equivalent in the Perdue itself, doesn't directly deal with with those issues. My previous books did, they, they they did, and they did that within the context of, of of India where I was born and I spent about 20 years of my life there. So yes, the first two books did, the third book did not because it's about a person moving across the globe and, and there are multiple other things happening. So, you know, I left that part out. <laughs> there, yes, I did leave that part out.
1: But I imagine it still influences your writing overall in little ways probably throughout what the characters are doing that you may not realize.
2: That's true. I mean, that's never... And as I said in the beginning, I mean, fiction is never too far away from facts. And sometimes facts are never too far away from fiction. So, you know, we they are all interconnected. So if I'm putting down something in writing, it could be construed as fiction, but it's also coming it's a product of my own thinking or or the thinking of any artist or any any writer so i mean there is a there is a physical basis to to all that so it's it's not in vacuum right these things don't happen in vacuum (laughs) right yeah
0: earlier kind of right near the beginning of the interview you when we said oh you're giving your profits and you corrected us for the correct term when you talk about how you're giving money i think this is a really important thing for authors to know how do you phrase it to make sure that people understand what money is going where
2: that's a good question so what i'm giving away are royalties so every author well the publisher is the one that sells you know sells the book and gets the money and part of the money goes to to the author and that's the author's earning and they are they are called royalties it's it's not any different than for example the music industry right i mean every time a song is played a small amount goes to the artist right so right. so that's what i am donating that's that's so it's called royalty and that's what i'm donating
0: so the distinction here is the publisher is not making this contribution. You personally, as the author, have chosen to take your share of the money and to give it to this organization. That is
2: true. I, I choose to remain a poor author, and I will make sure that cheetahs survive.
0: <laughs> I'm sure the cheetahs choice. appreciate that.
2: <laughs> they'll still eat me. I, I don't think they'll appreciate it. They'll still eat me if I meet them. You know, they would not care how much money I... I Donated, but that's fine.
1: You never know. They don't like being alone at night. They might snuggle. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's terrifying. <laughs> so are cheetahs endangered?
2: Cheetahs are severely endangered. Severely endangered. And and you know what? Cheetahs are in fact I, I would say a barometer of of whatever is going on. So if the cheetahs survive, we will survive. So over the last for the cheetahs, at the turn of the the twentieth century, I think there were something like a hundred thousand cheetahs roaming around Africa and parts of asia right and and that range has been reduced to something like ten percent and in in places like for example India, the cheetahs are extinct i mean the last cheetah was was probably hunted in 1952 or 53. So we don't have too many cheetahs. I mean, 25, 2,500 cheetahs in the world, probably in the wild, and in a very limited space. So the Cheetah Conservation Fund, and this is what I like about them. I mean, they are they 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 are they taking this holistic approach about towards conservation, which I think is a model for for every conservation effort. So you cannot view conservation in isolation. You know, there there people there's there's human wilderness interaction that has to be accounted for too uh, and there there are lots of people who really depend on the forest or on their livestock i mean take take away one goat or one cattle and one farmer would be pushed into poverty right and that's that's the that's the environment that cheetah conservation fund for example and many other organizations work in so you have to take everything into account you have to look at the interaction, you have to look at the environment, you have to look at at how to help the farmers, how to look at the ranchers, and how to at the same time save the cheetahs without hurting anybody in the process. And at the same time, they're also working in places like Uzbekistan and India and, and other places, I think, to, to introduce, reintroduce wild cheetahs. So, uh, keeping our fingers crossed on that. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, as I said, if cheetahs, cheetahs are really the barometer of of where we will be in the next couple of decades or so. If they survive, we will survive. Absolutely.
1: So do you think your next book might be based on that type of scenario? Or do you you know a next book yet?
2: Uh, you know, that's a good question because writing is so tough. <sighs> now it's easy. <laughs> it, is, it is not the most pleasant exercise. I mean, so, so the the only reason why anybody would write would be because either they're crazy or they get this compulsion to write. And I wrote my first book and then the I, I, compulsion to write would die down. It never did. So I ended up writing the second one. And then I said, that would be probably the end of it. And no. And a couple of years later, I just felt this urge to torture myself again.
1: You just keep lying to yourself. <laughs> Maybe I do. Welcome to the dark side.
2: Yes, yeah, that is true. <laughs> but yes, there would, be a, there would be a fourth book too, and that would be the end, right? I'm, no. I'm going I'm to say that, right? No one believes you. I, I hope I'm right this time. <laughs> the fourth time would be the charm.
0: <laughs> I hate to but- break it to you, but if you write more than one book, you're stuck with this for life.
2: That is true. That's what somebody very, very ominously once told me. If you write the first book, you are a writer. If you write the second book, you are an author, and it's all downhill from there. So, um... <laughs> just
1: give in now. Just
2: <laughs> it's going. To, it's not going to happen, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: so let me let me reel us back here for yeah. a second. A couple of times you've mentioned your publisher, and we are an indie book. Cast. So we want to make it clear, who is your publisher?
2: My publisher is, is a fabulous publisher based out of Dallas called Mattville Publishing, M-A-D-V-I-L-L-E. And uh, a shout out to Kim Davis and her fabulous team. They, they really put in the effort in producing a really great book. And they had the patience to work with me. They never got upset at me. At least, at least not on my face. <laughs> at least not that I'm aware of. Uh, so that's I. I like that. I you know, and they had the patience. I mean, that's I. I would give it to them. And and they really focused on quality. There are many publishers. Who would not focus on quality who would focus on getting a manuscript doing the you know doing the bare minimum and getting it out asap and trying to make as much money as you can madwell publishing i can tell you is not like that they really try to build a relationship they really try to put the best quality out there that they can it's a tough market and and they are doing an awesome work there
0: and I seem to remember that we had a, another author recently from Madville, and maybe that's how you found us. That uh, is true, Mike,
2: Mike Hilbig. Yes. Ah, yes.
0: Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Ah, it all comes together now.
1: We're part of the family now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you are. You are. Whether you like it or not.
1: <laughs> oh no, we're being sucked into. That's we? true.
2: <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to the dark side. Now, now, from me to you, right?
0: <laughs> I see what happened here. We're all in Madville. We're all mad here.
2: That is okay. true. That is true. But Mike is is a great writer and a great friend. He's He has a great book out there. So if, if anybody is looking for a book and they're done reading my book, I would recommend the next book <laughs> that I would recommend would be theirs. The advantage of reading my book is, of course, that you're not only helping You're not only helping yourself read a great book, (laughs) but you're also helping save the cheetahs and, of course, save independent book publishers.
0: So next time your partner is like, do you really need another book? Your answer is, I need to save the cheetahs. Right.
1: This is important.
2: That is true. That is true. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Just show them a picture of a cheetah on the phone. This is why I need to buy a book. (laughs) Look at the baby cheetahs. Look at them.
2: (laughs) Oh, baby cheetahs are the scary ones.
1: Oh no, they're so cute!
2: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so okay. Before
0: we devolve into just looking at cheetah pictures, oh, darn it, <laughs> <laughs> which has been Shelley's plan all along. I know. Can you tell us where people can find you on the internet?
2: Sure, they can find me on, um, <laughs> of course, my website. <laughs> I'm just thinking, am I, am I that famous on the internet? I maybe maybe I am. Maybe you know, that's that's pretty much what the 20, that's pretty much what the twenty first century is about, right? Becoming famous on the internet, right? Yeah. But I'm I'm yet to be there. <laughs> Fortunately and thankfully. But yes, my website is dot and that's that's a good starting point to find about my work and, and my blogs and, and all related things
1: so go check that out
0: oh, look Perfect. she gave me a baby cheetah oh, those God. of you watching this uh, can see the baby cheetah those who can't I apologize for the sudden shrillness <laughs> but it is very cute so come check it out oh, on YouTube yeah.
1: So funny. go buy the book and save the cheetahs
0: <laughs> go buy the book and save the cheetahs yay <laughs>